Hello and welcome to Affable Chat. My name is Benjamin and this is my co-host Joey. Hello, how's it going? And today we're joined by a guest. We've got Kenny Cashman from the C-Team Show. Kenny, welcome to Affable Chat. Hey, thanks for having me. Glad to be here. And we brought him here because today we're talking about Palm Springs. I don't know what it is. It could be life. It could be death. It might be a dream. I might be imagining you. You might be imagining me. It could be purgatory or a glitch in the simulation that we're both in. I don't know. So I decided a while ago to sort of give up and stop trying to make sense of things altogether because the only way to really live in this is to embrace the fact that nothing matters. This is an American science fiction raunchy romantic comedy. Directed by Max Barbacow. The cast includes Jake Peralta, Teresa Petrillo, Terrence Flesher, uh, Veronica Lodge, Endorphin Port, and CW's Superman. I watched this movie on Hulu. Kenny, how did you watch it? I also watched it on Hulu. Joey, how did you watch it? Hulu, Hulu, Hulu. <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's begin our discussion on Palm Springs by recapping the events in the synopsis that Joey wrote. Go ahead, Joey. Despite all the love and merriment around her, Sarah is depressed. She should be happy. After all, it is her little sister's wedding. But instead, she spent the whole day getting drunk and feeling bad for herself. Then she meets Niles. Niles is the boyfriend of the maid of honor and has a weird but alluring vibe. He gave a beautiful speech at the wedding, even though Sarah was supposed to. And when he approaches Sarah, he is as smooth as butter. They hit it off, and when Sarah asks about Niles' wedding date, Niles shows her that his girlfriend is having sex with the officiant. Niles and Sarah head to a secluded, bouldery area to make out, when suddenly, Niles is shot in the back with an arrow. He screams and begins to run, calling behind him to someone named Roy. Niles is shot again and begins to crawl into a mysterious, glowy cave. He tells Sarah not to follow him, but of course, she does anyway. Sarah wakes up in her bed. She can't remember how she got there. When she leaves the room, she quickly discovers that today is yesterday. She is stuck in a time loop. Immediately, she finds and confronts Niles, who is also staying at the same resort. Niles explains, every time she falls asleep or dies, she will wake up on this day in the same place. Niles has been stuck in this day so long he can't remember when he first arrived. And now Sarah is too, indefinitely. Sarah takes a protesting Niles through a series of experiments to see if she can leave the loop or wake up or whatever. Nothing works, so Sarah takes Niles' advice and embraces it and tries to enjoy herself. The two get up to all sorts of wacky, high-risk time-loop adventures and seem to be having a great time. Sarah asks Niles a lot of questions about himself, but Niles is cagey. When asked if Niles and Sarah ever had sex before Sarah got stuck in time, Niles says no, and he has only hooked up with a handful of people at the wedding. Niles also tells Sarah about Roy. Roy was another guest at the wedding, but drove from out of town. Niles and Roy partied hard together one night and did a ton of drugs. Niles showed Roy the glowy cave, and they both entered. Of course, now Roy was stuck too and didn't take his new life well. He took it upon himself to torture Niles at every opportunity, killing him in various horrible ways just to satisfy a sick desire for revenge. 
Roy shows up occasionally and hunts Niles down, but he isn't a constant presence. Sarah tells Niles that he needs to confront Roy and try to make amends, but that's not really Niles' style. Instead, he prefers to just accept it and make the best of it. Eventually, Niles and Sarah do sleep together, and Niles reveals that it actually wasn't the first time. Sarah is pissed, she kills herself to end today's loop, and disappears. Niles searches everywhere for her, but no one knows where she is. He does discover that Sarah was sleeping with the groom and ruins the wedding one last time. Sarah reappears and reveals that she has a way out of the loop. While she was gone, she studied quantum physics and did some goat science. Sarah tells Niles she wants to leave, and despite his hesitation, Niles agrees to go with her. Together, they enter the cave one last time and exit into tomorrow. The end. There you have it. The events of Palm Springs will begin our discussion with our pros and cons. Kenny, what did you like about Palm Springs? Um, I, I mean, this, after watching it, kind of became one of my favorite movies immediately. Um, I think they did a great job with uh, building on the time loop concept by dropping us right into the thick of it with Niles before adding Sarah in as the newcomer so that we have someone to learn how everything works with. Uh, and it, to me, at its core, it's a rom-com, which is not typically uh, my style, honestly, but uh, it does a lot more than that, in my opinion, by incorporating the time loop and throwing in uh, a twist about Sarah having a relationship with Abe, the groom, at her sister's wedding, and then, you know, occasionally shaking things up with Roy, having him come in to hunt Niles down. Um, I also think the cast just does a great job. Uh, specifically the the main three with Niles, Sarah, and Roy. But the supporting cast is really great too. And I think that's in part due to the writing, but the actors help as well. Um, with characters like Darla and Daisy, we don't see them a lot, but when they are on screen, I think that we get a pretty strong sense of who they are as characters. So I think that, uh, you know, the main and supporting cast really helped bring the movie to life. Yeah, I, um, I agree with all that. Um, I think this movie has a very lighthearted tone and a new, new one to be fun and also new when to get dark. Um, at times, it was really heartfelt and poignant. Um, I really like the time loop shenanigans. There's some really good ones in there. It's classic ones, really. And just some great gags all around. And of course, J.K. Simmons used beautifully in this, not overshadowing, but just in the background as a maniac uh, is, is perfect. <laughs> yeah, I love J.K. Simmons as well. Um, yeah, I agree with everything you guys have said. I mean, the, there's great acting uh, from our lead duo. We've got fun use of time loop. And I, I think what you said is really true, Kenny, that it's like this great combo of having someone who already knows how the time loop works and then having somebody who can be us as an audience and kind of learn all the ways that it works uh, through experience. This movie has a surprising amount of heart, especially for how irreverent it started out. I was oh, surprised yeah. that it made me feel things uh, later on. And um, it was violent without being over the top. There was nothing in this movie that made me, you know, need eye bleach uh, to unsee. So when There's definitely potential for that in this kind of situation. Um, our characters were dynamic, which I thought was good. They, they changed. Um, we've got great use of bird's eye shots of the swimming pools. That was a recurring uh, stylistic choice, which I thought was great and something that sticks in my mind when I think about this movie. And um, it gave me something to think about on the topics of love and existence, which are 
important. Uh, and then finally, it was funny. It was it was a funny movie. So that's the calm in rom com. <laughs> so we love really to have that. The calm in rom com. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move on to our cons. Uh, Kenny, what did you not like about Palm Springs? Um. Uh, the most glaring thing to me is that there are some definite loose ends and unanswered questions. And I think that's kind of to be expected with a movie like this. And some of them are definitely intentional. Uh, but then there are some moments that seem like they're supposed to lead to something and they just never do. Uh, and that I'll get a little more into that later, but that really bothers me uh, at some parts of this movie. Um, and then I, there's really not that many scenes in this movie, but um, I think most of them work. Uh, there's one scene in particular where Niles and Sarah are in the desert um, on mushrooms and just having a conversation. And it feels like they're supposed to be like really bonding and having a moment that brings them closer. And it just doesn't really work for me. Uh, you know, the, the rom and rom-com is romance. And I didn't really get it from this scene personally. Uh, and then on that note of not many scenes, it the movie just feels a little bit short to me. Um, I have watched it a few times now and I, it's again, like one of my favorites it's, but it's 90 minutes, including the credits and everything. It's really, it felt like it could have used a little more for me, maybe, uh, another scene with Roy or, or something that actually builds the relationship between Niles and Sarah better because it pretty much is just the montage scene that shows them getting close. And then it jumps into the desert scene and then, and then it moves on to Sarah being like, all right, I'm getting out of here. So I think it could have had something, something more to, to, to kind of pad the time, I guess. Although I'd take a movie that's too short over a movie that's too long, but um, I don't know. It felt like they could have, they, they had, they had time to build on stuff and they had stuff that could have filled the time. So it's a little weird to me that they didn't. Weird that this time loop movie has an infinite amount of time. <laughs> it feels so short. Um, yeah. I kind of agree that like the, um, the ending is kind of abrupt. I personally don't like the ending at all. I think the, uh, it's, I mean, first of all, to put it very simply, it's a technical solution to an emotional slash magical problem. Um, I don't think those match up correctly. Um, I don't think it goes deep enough. I think it really stays on the surface. Um, it tries to go into some of the philosophy behind like why Niles is feeling this way, but ultimately nihilism is, to me, uh, synonymous with cowardice. So I don't really feel like it's that useful of a philosophy to explore. Um, and uh, I almost got nothing from Niles. I feel like he doesn't, you don't, he doesn't develop very much as a character. I think he, he has an arc, which I find satisfying, but you don't really know anything about him um, from the beginning of the movie to the end of the movie, besides kind of how he feels about how he's, where he is um, and why that's wrong. Uh, personally, I, I like Niles, but it's, I, it's probably because I love Andy Samberg. I think if anyone else had played Niles, I would have <laughs> found myself not really caring, honestly. I think he did well for that role, but I, I don't think he can't be vulnerable, which I don't really feel like Niles ever was. What about you, Benjamin? Well, uh, initially, I didn't have a great feeling about this movie because I felt like it was almost annoyingly juvenile with the amount of <laughs> F-bombs, and it's like, oh, sex and <laughs> beers. Like I was really worried this was going to be a... Um, another kind of flock of dudes type movie where the, <laughs> Dang, the characters okay. they don't care that hard <laughs> no 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 i was worried okay it definitely isn't and obviously once i got this um these ideas of like uh nihilism and uh what's the other one where you love to do all the 
hedonism. fun stuff. Hedonism, thank you. Um, that kind of made sense, but I felt like they went a little bit overboard early on. Uh, that almost made me be like, I don't even want to watch the rest of this. Um, but And also, I kind of, going off what you said, I, I think Niles has enough of an arc that it satisfies me, but I'm still frustrated that I don't know how Niles got stuck in the time loop in the first place what like how did that happen why did that happen um i mean again maybe loose ends don't all need to be tied up but it felt really random that he got in there and yeah yeah i mean i guess we'll get more into this later but it it feels almost appropriate but it would have been nice to be like oh he found out his girlfriend is cheating on him and then he wandered into the desert and into this mysterious cave right and now he's stuck in this hell right where he's right. constantly having to deal with that situation. I don't know. I it's I think that's that is important for developing Niles as a character and I don't really think you get much about from that. All right. Well, those are our pros and our cons. Let's move into our overall section and we've got some questions for our guest. Uh so Joey, go ahead and get started. Okay, Kenny. We invited you on to Apple Chat to talk about a movie and you picked Palm Springs. So why why did you pick this movie of all movies you could have picked? Um well, for one thing, uh, a lot of my favorites had been had been done. Uh, but I, but I do, uh, I do, I really love this movie. Um, when I I went on to it was during the pandemic. I went on to Hulu one night uh, just before bed, and I saw it, and it was like five in the morning. Uh, and I threw the trailer on because I I couldn't quite tell if it was Andy Samberg. And then I saw the trailer, and I was like, okay, it is Andy Samberg. It is a time loop movie. I'm just going to watch it right now. I turned off the trailer and I turned it on. Like I said, it was like five in the morning. Uh, I almost watched it twice, but I was like, you know, the sun's up. I should go to bed. It's, you know, I don't have anything going on, but I should go to bed. Um, but yeah, I don't, I'm just, I'm, I've, I really like time loops, although I'm not, I have, this is my main source of knowledge and exposure to time loops. Uh, other than I've since seen Groundhog Day. Okay. Uh, and I've, and I think the only, the only other, uh, the only other media that's time loop other than some video games that I can think of is the Christmas Fairly Odd Parents episode, uh, where Timmy <laughs> makes Christmas every day. That's awesome. Sort of a time loop. Uh, <laughs> but it's, it's just, I was, I was hooked immediately by Andy Samberg and the time loop concept. And I didn't realize JK Simmons was in it. So that was a really nice surprise because I love him. Uh, so I, I just, when I saw it, I immediately loved it. I've watched it a few times since, and you guys hadn't done it, and I I feel like I have a decent amount to say about it, I think. Definitely. Okay, so I guess uh, to go into this more deeply, what about this movie speaks to you personally? Like, Why, is it, why do you think it sticks out to you more than other people? Um, I mean, I think, I think part of it is still the cast. Like I say, if, you know, uh, perhaps it was a bit harsh on Niles to say I wouldn't care if it was someone else, but I really like Andy Samberg a lot, and yeah. um, I just, like I, I the, my favorite movie of his before this was Hot Rod, which is just a, oh I love Hot Rod it's, yeah it's like it's not it's so silly but it's so fun uh, and so I just I, I was hooked by by him being in it um, I didn't know Kristen Milioti as well before but I really liked her in this as well and of course J.K. Simmons but um, I just really like I say I, I love time loops. Um, it, it might this might be a, uh, an indicator that i missed the point of this movie but i would love to get caught in a time loop i think it sounds so fun <laughs> to just not have to worry about anything and do whatever i want uh day after day uh and this this movie certainly presents reasons why that might not be the best thing but i still am interested i'll still do I, it 
I will admit it is alluring. Uh, when I first saw Groundhog Day, I, was, I became obsessed with that whole idea. You know, not just like repeating one day, but like repeating years. You know, like what if I reset back to first grade or something? How would I do things differently? Yeah, um, I think about that it, kind of stuff like all the, like an unhealthy amount possibly. I should probably that, talk to someone about it. I think time <laughs> travel in general stems from like humanity's obsession with regret. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think time loops explore that in a way that's really unique, and um, it gives you kind of a, an interesting perspective on that um, idea. Yeah, well, time loops kind of inherently have this kind of backlash or, or like downfall where you are stuck. It would be nice <laughs> if you could have the choice. Yeah. Kind of like I mean, Rick and Morty kind of did that with the, um, I, don't, I don't remember what they called it, but it was basically like you could save your checkpoint yeah Yeah. Yeah. and then whenever you die or whenever you hit the button you would go back to that point and everything would reset uh which would be kind of cool too although rick and morty was able to make that also tragically terrible oh yeah um yeah i don't know (laughs) maybe existence is just tough (laughs) maybe that's i think that's kind of the lesson (laughs) (laughs) um okay so uh you've already mentioned a couple of other time loop uh scenarios but what does this remind you of what does, what does this movie remind you of in other media or in your life? Um, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, Groundhog Day is, is the main one. And like I say, I hadn't even seen it until this year, a month ago, Groundhog Day, I watched it. Uh, but it just reminds me of the early days of the pandemic when I, when I first watched this movie um, that time, but also just when I was waking up every day and it was the same as the day before because oh, yeah. I didn't have anything going on. Um, and, and, you know... Of course, the situation happening in the world was bad, but I did like it. I liked waking up and being like, all right, another day of nothing. I just <laughs> would uh, like boot up Madden or, or just hang out or do whatever. Um, but that, so it really, the, the whole same thing every day uh, was something I, I feel like a lot of us experienced with the pandemic. And so it just kind of reminds me of that. Um, and it's, it's, it's completely coincidental that this movie was made uh for that time because it was started in 2018 but i really think that they they struck gold putting like starting to make this when they did so that it could be released mid-pandemic pretty much that is such, i'm so glad you connected those dots because i did feel like that for there was a a good bit of the pandemic where it, it, it didn't even feel different when it was the weekend versus when it was a weekday like it was just a era of sameness Today is the same as yesterday and will be the same thing as tomorrow with seemingly no end in sight. Um, and while I agree that was fun for a while, it was like, oh, I, I'm not, I don't have to go anywhere. Like, I literally just got a check from my car insurance because they're sending me money back because they know I'm not <laughs> driving my car because I'm, I'm just doing nothing. Uh, but yeah, definitely that, that uh, novelty wore off eventually and then it was horrible. But uh yeah, for a while there, there was kind of a, it was like, a, there was a novelty to it. Definitely. Okay, um, Kenny, you have a quote here to talk about, for, to launch into our next section. I'm going to play that now for you. You got to find your Irvine. I don't have an Irvine. We all have an Irvine. Hey, who was that loony bitch who blindsided me with the cop car anyway? Don't call her that. You took her to the cave, didn't you? Did you learn nothing from all this? She followed me in. Well, at least you have each other. Nothing worse than going through this shit alone. 
So regarding the kind of the themes of the movie, to me, this, I mean, there are, of course, several we could go into, but this to me kind of speaks to the main core idea of the movie, which is growth through interpersonal relationships. Yes. Um, You know, the story, I don't think by accident is set at a wedding. Um, But at the start of it all, the three main characters and particularly Niles and Sarah are alone and like they don't believe in love at all. Uh, you know, Niles is with Misty, seemingly the only person he really knows at the wedding, and she's cheating on him, so he's not emotionally invested there. Uh, Sarah's with her whole family, but they see her as an outcast, and she slept with the groom the night before the wedding, so clearly she doesn't think that love is is anything, and she has a, a moment in the movie where she says as much. Uh, and Roy seems to have gone to the wedding alone um without his family and doesn't he's he's like a distant relative so i don't it doesn't seem like he really knows anyone there and is probably there for the open bar uh and he he incorrectly quotes confucius as saying marriage is a bottomless pit of sorrow that makes you forget who you are so they don't go into what's going on in his marriage but uh <laughs> wait a second that was misquote what is the i real believe quote? so i i tried to find just, an actual just quote made it up I don't think it's real, yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, unless I'm wrong, but when I when I tried to find the quote, all I found was Palm Springs. So I think it I think it's entirely made up, pretty much. Um, I remember a kid in uh, when I went to high school with told me that Confucius says man with hand in pants feels cocky all day. Um, so that was also made up. So yeah, I, I think don't, what about this uh, might be a thing? Man who runs before a car gets tired. <laughs> man confucius was on it with these puns uh i don't think confucius said most of the things people attribute to him uh but yeah it seems like at the start of the movie none of them have what roy describes later as an irvine um and they kind of it seems like they kind of needed each other to find it to find their own irvines um again we don't really see what's happening in roy's marriage but as much as he is upset with Niles for getting him caught in the time loop at first, uh, presumably he would have not ha- found happiness in his marriage without it, without Niles getting him stuck. And then, and, uh, and then also with Sarah hitting him with a car, uh, <laughs> seems like that was kind of essential for him actually. Um, and Sarah still feels guilty at the, at the end of the movie, but thanks to her experiences with Niles, she seems to be able to, move on with her life without feeling like she ruined anyone else's life uh and as for niles we don't as you kind of said we don't really know what was going on with him before the loop or even how he got stuck uh but he certainly has become extremely nihilistic by the time we uh by the time sarah meets him or by the time sarah enters the cave uh i want to know the name niles with nihilism is a bit on the nose to me as oh, well. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> um, definitely. <laughs> but it's it's I think it's okay. Uh but but then he's able to bounce back from from that rut that he gets into because of his experiences with Sarah and the conversation with Roy that that, that quote was from. Um all of that kind of seems to make him realize what he's been missing. Um it, it seems to me like he's not at the beginning of the movie, he's not really even having fun. He's just kind of going through the motions, which he sort of says as much to Sarah at one point. Uh, I think that, again, we don't really know as much about what he was going through. If he like 
quote unquote needed the time loop. He could have been an entirely different person before it, but it certainly seems like he needed both Sarah and Roy to be able to get out of it, not just physically, but also to know what he needs to do moving forward. Yeah, well, his his like tendency to just simply simply accept a bad situation doesn't do him any favors, right? Like both, like he he just makes the situation worse for himself when Roy is stuck too, and now he's living in like an even more like violent version of hell. Right. So like he's um, but he's just like it's fine, whatever. You know, he's the dog in the house that's on fire. He's like ah, it's all good. You know, I'm <laughs> I'm I'm doing great. Um. And although he like he won't even admit to himself that he's miserable, um, which is interesting. I think you're you you're exactly right. The whole point of the movie is for them to find each other, or at least find something um, that we're not not really find something, but yeah, really find each other or find happiness despite the bad situation. Um, and I think that's like ultimately that's how they get out, right? Is they end up finding each other and and learning to love each other despite whatever else is going on or uh however you know whatever their flaws are or whatever so it's um i think that is a great way for that to end i mean i think and this movie definitely pulls a lot from groundhog day i think and groundhog day's solution was that bill murray lived like the most he could in one day right he was the most selfish selfless he could be in a single day um and in this movie the solution is like they have to connect, right? They have to find an emotional support. They have to build a bridge between each other that is stronger than the simple argument can can break apart, um, which I, they end up doing. So, I, from that perspective, I think that the movie succeeds um, pretty well. But I also think it undercuts itself a little bit. <laughs> but we'll get to that later. So, like getting a little bit more into the nitty gritty here, and I'm not sure how much this matters, but I, I want to hear you guys' opinions. Is Niles? truly to blame for sarah and roy getting stuck in the time loop i mean sarah definitely holds it well i guess both of them really do hold it uh against him that they're they are there so um let's start with roy how how responsible do we feel for uh roy getting stuck in the cave uh is niles i mean i i think niles is completely responsible for roy um (laughs) they're they're both on drugs at the time uh so you know judgment may be clouded but he brings roy to the cave and tells him to go in he tells him his ancestors are in there his ancestors are in there (laughs) your answers are in there he's like that's a different thing (laughs) but uh in he tries to stop roy as roy's going in but he's like passing out uh and can't really speak up but all that says to me is that despite the drugs he knew that Roy wouldn't want what was in there, even even though Roy says he doesn't want the day to end, which Niles tries to throw back in his face while Roy's torturing him. <laughs> uh, he knew, I feel like he knew what he was doing, and I don't think it was malicious. And he says at one point that it was in the early days of things, so he might not have been thinking of the entire implications, but it's he he did it. You know, I think that one's his fault when it comes down to it. Oh, I hundred percent agree. Um, <laughs> You should not have shown him the cave, or at least you should have like explained more what it was. Right? You know? Yeah, not just your answers were in there. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, because I think you could all like, if you think maybe there is somebody who would, for some reason, want to be in the time loop, you could explain it to them because you could easily prove that you're in a time loop. Yeah, you, know, you could sprint oh, into there, dive head first into that. That's portal. my um. That's one of my favorite parts <laughs> is when is the very first time well not the very first time but like when niles is at the wedding and he gives a speech and then he's dancing through the crowd of people and he's like perfectly aligned with everybody 
I was like, I was like, oh man, this is a really cool moment because I can tell that he's in a time loop. I really like the idea that like maybe you could be, maybe you could tell if somebody was acting like this that they're they have some sort of secret knowledge that uh, is allowing them to act the way they are. Um, it, it's like, I mean, I obviously knew the premise of the movie, but it was obvious to me having seen other movies, that Niles was in a time loop just by the way he was acting. I think that's kind of cool. No, I agree. And that's only possible through a movie, right? I, I love when they're <laughs> able to like achieve something like that where it's it's more of a concept than like something that you do through special effects. So it's, it's all about the execution. And I do think that in a lot of ways, they take full advantage of that in this movie. Yeah. One of my favorites is definitely the, um, like the hero villain scenario where there's a bomb in the cave. Oh, oh my, my gosh. God. That's He's amazing. Like, Don't worry. I used to be a bomb guy. <laughs> 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 he shoots it into the air. Yeah. And it actually explodes. They actually put a bomb in the cake. And they actually put the bomb there for that. <laughs> yes. I guess that's a setup for later when they need to find C4, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they just happen to be able to find some. That's oh, so funny. Yeah, I thought that was amazing. That was but, okay, let's, let's switch it over to Sarah because I felt like this one was a little bit more tenuous uh, as to well, whose fault it really was that Sarah went into the I cave. I, I, I think... It's a harder call, but, uh, you know, he, Niles tells her not to come into the cave. Uh, he says, don't come in here and then crawls away. So again, again, like Joey said before, you could be like, Hey, like, I know Niles is in pain. He got shot by an arrow, but he's experienced pain before he could be like, Hey, this is a time loop. Uh, If you come in, you're going to get stuck. Don't commit. Like, do not commit. But instead he just like, he could, he could sit there. She's not going to walk past him into it. He could sit there and make sure she doesn't go in, but he crawls away. And he also brought her right next to the, I mean, not right next to you. Roy chased them toward it, but he, he brought her very close to the cave in the yep. first place, uh, which seems like an unnecessary risk that he should be aware of after everything that happened with Roy. Uh, doesn't he have a, a hotel room that his, his, uh, <laughs> his girlfriend isn't using? She's not using it. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, they didn't need to go out here. And, like, it's not... It's almost, I don't know if it's really even worth trying to contemplate, but I think there's an argument to be made that he wanted her to follow, at least subconsciously. Like, okay, clear, like clearly he's emotionally invested with her where they, you know, he's talked to her and hooked up with her before in other loops. He brings her near the cave and then like pretty much like kind of almost baits her into it. Like he crawls away. He knows she's there and he just crawls further. Like I, it, I think it's, again, a, a harder call to make. He didn't tell her, hey, go in there. But I, I still think he's kind of responsible for this one. He's definitely, at the very least, negligent, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I, I think that would have made a really interesting twist, is that he, he, he brought her there for the purpose of getting her stuck, right? She blames him, I think rightly, and I don't, but he's like, no, like, I'm just stupid, you know, which is certainly <laughs> in the text. Um, but I think, like... What I was thinking of was that movie Passengers with uh, Chris Pratt and Jennifer Lawrence. You remember mm-hmm. that movie came out a couple of years ago where Chris Pratt is in like a generational ship. It's like a ship that's going from Earth to another planet. It's going to take like a thousand years to get there. And his cryo chamber thing like, break, like wakes up early. And then he's stuck in the spaceship and he can do whatever he wants, but he can't leave the spaceship and he's all alone. And he's absolutely going to die before the voyage is finished. Exactly. He's like of old age. But so what he does is he wakes up another person uh, who is Jennifer Lawrence and uh, so that they can spend time together, but ultimately dooms her to die at the same time. Um, That movie has its own 
weird issues. But I think that this move, I think Palm Springs would have benefited from a, a, um, from a twist like that, especially since half the movie is told from Sarah's perspective, right? It really is a, like, being, it's really is, there's two protagonists and, and two different um, viewpoints. So, uh, viewing it from Sarah's perspective that would have been that would have made Niles into more of a villain made him more interesting but also like kind of sympathetic right because it's like how, like what's he supposed to do right right on an infinite time scale everybody in the wedding is going to end up in that dang cave you know what i mean yeah it's um yeah i agree that that's definitely a more well arguably more compelling and it's also just a different movie right because in this one like you said it like it makes total sense that the only other people that would enter the cave would be because of negligence from niles like not on purpose and like just purely by accident to the point where he can almost not take responsibility for it versus a different movie where niles is actually trying to figure out his situation and he's like well my best bet is to get more people on my team here by forcing them into the cave and then they have to help me get out because not even that just like that he's lonely right He's clearly he's clearly really emotionally bent up. I mean, that's the whole arc he has with Sarah is that he feels like he can't have emotional connection with her because she's always forgetting that he exists. So, um, have like actually bringing her in there would have just been like a moment of desperation, right? You know, he he didn't he wasn't able to get his rocks off, so he like he has horny brain, so he <laughs> brings her into the cave, um, you know that kind of thing. And I think they set it up that if like a simple line of dialogue i mean it would change the whole movie right but the way that sarah enters the cave is kind of ambiguous like he's like don't go in here don't go in here but just like kenny said he's still going into the cave and clearly is injured like he's he he may just be saying that just to uh you know mitigate or to have some sort of uh, what's the word Uh, plausible deniability exactly he he's just saying that but I, I really did expect him to eventually admit that he did it on purpose. Well, I, I think mean, that that's in there. It's also, he he clearly has things with Sarah down to a science. Like, it, you, there could even have been a reveal, like, he's been doing this exact thing every day, bringing her to those rocks, waiting for Roy to show up with a bow and arrow. Right. Because, like, Roy has used a bow and arrow before, chased him through the desert. Roy doesn't have to be in on it, but he can just be a pawn. It's like, yeah, I knew he'd chase me toward that cave one of these days, so I just kept bringing you there. It could have yes, been the, exactly that, that like the have, infinite yeah. patience, right? Just being like, I have a limited time. Right. I'll just wait until it happens kind of thing. And that could have essentially replaced the like, oh, we've slept together a thousand times. Like that could have that could have replaced oh, it that been so much better of a twist. You yeah, know, yeah. It, and it would have given them the chance to add more to the movie, too, instead of just, all right, now it's time for Sarah to want to get out. <laughs> I mean, the, the way like the, uh, anyway, every rom-com has this, right? The third act breakup where like right. the. Uh, the you know the two main leads are having are perfect for each other but for some inexplicable reason they break up <laughs> and it has to be resolved or not resolved at the end of the movie um that would have been a much bigger like hit right because i think i think sarah has a has a a right to be mad at niles for lying to her uh but at the same time i don't know it's like <laughs> I, I don't know what to take away from that exactly. Like he's, he, it's not really an insurmountable thing. Unlike trapping someone in hell forever. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it's also, I mean, it gets, we're, we're getting a bit into, into hypotheticals, but if he had, you know, trapped her because he was lonely, he didn't, he, he wouldn't necessarily have known what he was trapping her in, like what she was waking up in every morning. He didn't, 
like he would have been like okay well i'm i'm here i'm stuck here but i'm able to have a decently good time someone else will too um so i think it could in theory still be forgivable if they can escape i don't know it, it is it's a different movie at that point yeah. it's well it's that's the thing different. i that i like about passengers which it doesn't do also but i wanted it to do is right. that when you're stuck like you can't actually be mad at someone forever that's not possible you know you you watch you listen to like interviews of people that have been wrongly convicted of crimes or in jail for like 20 years they will say after a certain amount of time they're just over it they're like you know this sucks like i should not be here i was wrongly convicted but i can't be mad forever i ha eventually i have to live my life you know and the same thing is true in this situation like sure you know you may have doomed me to a like a life of like of meaninglessness but at a certain point, I'm just going to have to get over it, right? Maybe that's five years later. Maybe that's 10 years later. In this situation, maybe that's 100 years later. But you can't actually be mad at someone for 100 years. It just doesn't, it just doesn't work anymore, you know? You have to, like, um, you have to eventually come to terms with it. So I, I think that's, like, I, I have yet to see that actually happen. But I, I feel like there's, it's ripe for that opportunity, you know? And again, I think this movie kind of missed out on that. I, I wanted it to go a little darker, I think, is really what I was trying to, trying to go for. So moving along with our questions here, Sarah reveals that she was married for two years in the past, and she knew it wasn't going to work from the moment she said yes to the proposal. What changed for Sarah now that she's ready to start a new monogamous relationship with Niles? I think it's a little bit tough to say without knowing more about why her marriage didn't work. Because all, all we really get is, oh, I knew it wasn't going to work from this moment. I knew it wasn't going to work from this moment. I knew it wasn't going to work from this moment. But they don't, she doesn't say why. No. Um, but it, it seems like she, over the course of the movie, she's come to accept herself more for who she is and stop trying to worry about what her family wants her to be. I mean, even at the end of the movie, when she's like, okay, let's do this day right and get out of here. And she gives a speech and everything. She still has like a full glass of wine. Like she's not worried about them being like, oh, Sarah's drinking again. Right. Um, so I, I think she's kind of come into herself a little bit there. Uh, and I think it's fair to assume that her, for her marriage was probably to someone who she thought her family would approve of. Um, but after getting stuck in the time loop, she seems to have learned to live with the things that make her imperfect. And she likes Niles, despite the fact that he does not fit in with her family's typical image or what they seem to want for her. So I think it's just, she, she seems to like Niles. I think it might even be as simple as that is she probably didn't like the other guy and she does like Niles despite everything. Yeah. I think Niles like proves that she can love again. Right. Because uh, they end up falling in love. So, I mean, maybe that's, maybe you're right. It's maybe it's as simple as that. Right. He's, she, she thought that like this whole thing was a sham because she was with somebody that she didn't actually wasn't actually in love with. And then that kind of colored her whole view of the world and say, like, all of this is a sham. You know, you people get married for other reasons other than love. Right. People just act like they're um, in love with each other. They don't they aren't actually until she actually meets someone that she actually cares for. And then she realizes, oh, maybe this is real. Maybe it's possible that you can people can fall in love with each other. Um, I mean, I think that's a nice message for sure. How old do you guys think Niles is? Uh, <laughs> it's tough to say. It's, it's tough to say. It's, it's also, it's hard to say because, you know, we see, we see him going through a lot of days, but he needs 365 of those for a year. So like, it's a, it's a lot. 
Well, because um, then and you add the uh, complication that if you're dying before noon, that's not a day. Right, it's not a full day. Mm. <laughs> right. So we're falling even, asleep. <laughs> pre- presumably the eight hours, roughly eight hours between each day isn't counted either. So it's really two thirds of a day tops, unless he stays up, I suppose, later. Um, sure, that's true. And I, he he talked about living several days uh, when he, when, I think he said, I did a bunch of crystal and flew to, <laughs> I don't remember where he flew to um but it it, so you know that varies but um i've seen what the what the writer of the movie has said uh but he also only sets a minimum he sets a lower limit uh and it's also not clear how much time has passed after sarah enters the cave and they from what i've seen the writer and director give no information about that you know they say niles has been here for they say niles has been here for uh at least 40 years which means it, yeah. and I think that they, I think I saw something where they said the sweet spot is somewhere between 40 years and 40 million years. So then they're just like, yeah, <laughs> don't, like you're not getting an answer. Um, but we get less about Sarah. We don't know how long she's been there. Um, presumably all the quantum physics knowledge she gets should take her years to learn. But I also don't think it's meant to seem like she and Niles are apart for years. So right. I, I really don't know what to make of that. Um, but I think the biggest thing is Niles has some insane feats in terms of like knowing the cycle of the day. He knows exactly when the earthquake's going to happen. He snaps his fingers as it happens when they're in the desert with no seemingly no cues to tip him off. <laughs> That's <just> right. Knows. <laughs> like that is insane. You have to go through the day a lot to know that. And then he, I, I, I still don't know. Again, my, my least favorite scene in the movie was them in the desert. I don't know if he's meant to actually forget his job, but if he if he truly forgot his job, that has to take a really long time to just forget what you did for presumably like forty hours of your week every week. So so, so my best guess is like two hundred years old because we don't really know how how the mind works after you know one ten ish. So if he's around two hundred, maybe he's forgetting stuff about his life. So, so that that's right. that's well, my best guess. Yeah, because a lot of this, it's like at what point, like. What do you retain from day to day with this loop? Like, would his brain continue to age inside of his youthful body? Would he eventually become senile? Right? It, it doesn't seem like he it would. It doesn't seem like so it. So it's no. like, how would he forget something like that? Um, and then there's other parts of this that I, I like aren't really explained, which obviously don't need to be. Now we're kind of just getting into the 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 weeds. But um, like when we're talking about Sarah having to learn this in like you know however many years it would take like could she potentially have like endless endurance when it comes to learning because she's like fresh or whatever that one day so she's always feeling energized every single day like there's no exhaustion from continuously studying because she wakes up feeling the same every day right Um, and then you can look at the other end of that and it's like with niles he doesn't wake up organically he's woken up by his girlfriend is it possible that he's still a little bit sleepy and could just go right back to sleep (laughs) after waking up and just go on an endless like wake up and go back to sleep uh like existence i mean that probably wouldn't be any that's hilarious you could Uh, right i mean i just i'm just saying like you could you could push the limits on this thing i mean you know like your your brain is a physical thing right i mean clearly this is like dealing with matters of the soul or something like external from the body right because any sort of injury or change to your body is mitigated or or is erased when the day resets so in a way you know isn't it possible that we're currently living through time loops but we just don't know because we're always resetting our brains every morning 
Wow. <laughs> How many times have we done this podcast? <laughs> anyway, I um I think I'm actually really curious to see if they'll make a, a sequel to this movie because I think it would be really interesting to see how Niles has to readjust to life now that yeah. he is not in the time loop, right? Imagine, right? He's like some minor inconvenience happens. Normally he just kills himself <laughs> yeah, right. and goes back, right? He's like <laughs> if he's if he's not thinking straight or something and he like burns like a, a, some toast or something, he's like, oh and then he like pulls out something like with or a, a knife like the intent of killing himself and stares like no 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 yeah it's, you know it's it's very inception you know what i mean where like he's he's constantly thinking he's in the dream or in the time loop but he's actually not or like have like being mean to people right before he just like walks up to people and just says like rude stuff or, or just does whatever he wants and right he never has to face any consequences for it now like like imagine if he does something on the first day out and he has to deal with the consequences of it for like weeks and weeks and weeks right, right. like why does this go away normally i never have to worry about stuff like this um you know just like having to like live a life where things are strung together instead of just having like being in this weird purgatory i think seeing that adjustment uh could be like really uh sobering <laughs> but i think it'd be kind of a cool uh, idea for a sequel yeah i mean the implications of that are pretty crazy and even like he was desperate at the end of the movie but he was aware that 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 november 9th the the last one they did was going to be real and he he hits ted at the bar and steals his truck and it's like that he like he stole someone's truck that ha that happened <laughs> right and they're they're at the at the pool the next morning and like the family comes home and you know that's probably pretty minor but yeah they have to deal with that and that's trespassing <laughs> yeah like it, it I, that's what I, that's what i was thinking about the most recent time i watched it was was the adjustment that he's going to have to go through of like not even just oh a minor inconvenience i'm gonna i'm gonna kill myself to restart but like like oh i'm crossing the street and a car is coming i gotta get out of the way like if i get hit by this and die i, I <laughs> or I'm if dead. i get hit by this and injured right well i mean he i think he's a little aware of that with the dying in the icu uh yeah uh, comment but yeah like just just he really shouldn't have a sense of danger at all in the in the loop for this long so it i agree i think it'd be interesting to see i don't think i don't think they're gonna do that but it would be interesting to see uh I mean, honestly, he'd probably live for like a week after and he'd just die. <laughs> <laughs> he has to experience a hangover again. Oh my God. He yeah, never, right? he, he's gone, he's become this absolute alcoholic and, and never had to suffer the consequences of the <laughs> drinking the next morning. Never. So I think he would actually probably become a uh, teetotaler, uh, somebody who doesn't drink alcohol yeah, right? anymore. He right. would just because I think that would be absolutely brutal to have to go back, like be able to drink back to as much as he did. And be like, oh yeah, alcohol actually has negative consequences. <laughs> uh, crazy. Okay, uh, Kenny. Uh, well, one of many questions. Uh, do you agree with Niles's conclusion that nothing matters? Um, I kind of, uh, I, I, I think I, I sometimes am a bit of a, uh, nihilist, a bit of a Niles. Um, <laughs> but, but I, I really don't, I don't think of it. I don't think of nothing matters in like a, like a dark way. I don't think, um, when it comes down to it, the stuff that humanity values is made up like money, success, your legacy, that I don't really think any of that. I mean, you know, having the money to survive is important, of course, but you know, having billions of dollars, I don't personally believe in the afterlife. So 
when you die, you don't take any of that with you. If you, you know, people want to leave a legacy, but if people know my name after I'm gone, I'm still gone. So I kind of agree in a sense about nothing mattering beyond like making yourself happy and not hurting people or stopping them from being happy. Um, so I guess I think, I guess I think one thing matters and it's like trying to be happy as much as you can every day for the, for whatever days you have, because that that's the only, I don't know. That's the only real measure of success in my opinion. I think, um, Niles sort of reads like reaches that same conclusion. Yeah. Um, I don't really know exactly what that is. I, what you're describing sounds a little bit like existentialism, which is where I f- sort of find myself in, which is where you assign your own meaning to something. It comes, it starts with nihilism, where, like taking that realization that really all of that is made up. And then, but then it kind of twists it back to say, well, it's up to you to decide what's important. Um, but I don't really feel like Niles reaches that conclusion. <clears throat> I really feel like he falls into that hedonism camp where it's just like, I should be maximizing pleasure at all times, essentially, and avoiding pain at all times, um, which I feel like is also a logical conclusion to reach from nihilism, um, because ultimately, I feel like you can't stay in nihilism. Like, it, the, you, nihilism is a, um, a path from one place to another, but it, you can't actually stay on that path, because ultimately, you'll just end up, like, killing yourself or just uh, moving on to something else. Niles obviously can't die, so he has to move on to something else. Okay, so this next one, uh, I want to play a quote, uh, and then we'll talk about it. What the hell is going on with you? What? You got a little out of hand. You think? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) The pain is real. Why can't you understand that? It doesn't matter. Nothing matters, right? Those are your words. No, pain matters. What we do to other people matters. Being a source of terror is not fun, okay? It's not fulfilling. I know this from experience. It doesn't matter that everything resets and people don't remember. We remember. We have to deal with the things that we do. We just talked about uh, Niles being a bit of a nihilist. Nothing matters. Suddenly pain matters. So, so what is Niles trying to say here? Um, I think it's, uh, it's, it's a rare bit of uh, wisdom from Niles. Uh, he, yeah. he, everyone around him is essentially living deterministically. If he doesn't interfere, he knows exactly what they're going to do but they're still people. Um, you know, he, if he, if he goes up to someone and interacts with them differently than he did the first time or more gives them more interaction than, than he normally does, they're going to respond as a person because they are people. Um, and he, I, I definitely think he sees them as sort of playthings sometimes where he'll put a bomb in the cake to shoot it into the sky to like freak people out. And he likes, he likes to mess with people or, you know, do things that make that that he enjoys or makes him happy, as long as he's not re- like hurting people. Um, and I think what it really comes down to is is guilt, because you know the following day they might not remember, but like like he says, he remembers it. If he remembers hurting people, and I also think like you can't get closure from that um, when someone doesn't remember. All, you can only live with it. You can't be like, hey, I'm sorry, I did this because they don't they don't they didn't live it um and i also think it seems to be directly related to what he says next when he uh reveals to sarah that he lied about never having slept with her in past loops um that was something he clearly wanted to get off his chest and he now he could you know this was something he did to not physically hurt someone but 
he he lied to Sarah and could make amends about that. Um, and I think that that's an opportunity he doesn't really get usually. And I think it's also why perhaps while he's against physical pain, he doesn't mind messing with people as much emotionally. Um, because I, it's it's less visual. So I think that's probably easier to get past. But now he has someone here who he lied to and has, you know, sort of continued to lie to by not addressing it. And I th- I think it's just hard for him to live with. And that's probably sort of hmm. uh, part of why he, he feels the need to say this to Sarah. And he's also probably just thinking about the fact that, you know, Roy tortures him. That's still painful to him. He He feels better the next day. There's no physical marks or anything, but he he feels the pain so he knows that everyone else is still feeling the pain even if even if it's all gone the next loop i think this is like supposed to reveal like this is this is a true challenge to niles's philosophy right because sarah's right nothing does matter why does it matter that we're we're doing all this stuff and when she throws it back in his face and he's like well obviously not right he contradicts himself from what he says earlier and um, I think that what this does is reveal and starts to break through that um, nihilistic shell that he has built around himself, right? To prove that he doesn't even believe that nothing matters because he clearly believes something matters. Um, and uh, Sarah tries to catch him on this too in, when they're in the desert, right? She, she says something along the lines of like, you, um, like you care about me. Or like you, you must care about me. And he like, pushes it back and is like, no, I, I don't actually care about you, which is like such a <laughs> It's bro, a fleeting feeling. Bro yeah. romance, stupid thing to say. <laughs> but, um, uh, the, um, but yeah, I think that this is just like another, this is like, you know, the start of the crack in that shell. And it's just proving to Niles himself and to you in the audience that, you know, he's wrong. His, his view of this is not the right view. Okay, so this one's more of like a expansion on a little bit of an Easter egg, I guess. If you, I'm sure you picked up on it that um, Nana might know about the time loop. She says, "Now that you'll be going soon, good luck to Sarah before she does her escape." Does Does Nana know about the time loop? <laughs> Nana, <laughs> I mean, time Time Lord Nana is has been pulling the strings the entire time. <laughs> I mean, I don't think she's pulling strings, but I, there's no, there's really no other interpretation of this than that she knows what's going on, in my opinion. Um, and I think it's even, it's hinted earlier in the movie, at the beginning, uh, before Sarah's even in the in the loop, in the before she goes into the cave, it's hinted that Nana is in the time loop herself. Um, it's kind of, it's, it's, she's like, oh, I've been to more weddings in my life than you can imagine, to Niles. Uh, which is a really, I don't know. It's it's a very kind of on the nose, obvious setup for an Oz. Be like, oh, you'd be surprised. Um, but I I think it's kind of meant. I think she means it too. You know, I think it's given that she apparently knows about the loop. She would know that Niles is in it and probably has been to a lot of weddings. This wedding specifically, um, and I've seen people online talk about yeah she is in the loop and she has no interest in leaving because she's old and she gets to spend the day with her family at a at a happy wedding and watch this crazy guy just run around <laughs> to do stuff a lot of the time that's probably <laughs> keeping it entertaining uh but but i i i do, I do think um that this 
it's it's pretty i think it's pretty heavily implied that she knows and is probably in the loop but it's it is unanswered and i think it's fine that it's unanswered um because again it's i think because it feels kind of obvious and it's just like oh here this is a nana knows about this nana's a part of this it's like okay i don't really need an expansion on that personally that's that's fine that's i guess maybe kind of a loose end but i think it's fine i don't think it's really addressed though i I don't think it's obvious at all she's like because she says oh i've been to like why wouldn't she address niles right she doesn't give any sort of clue that she knows what's going on all she does is like she says something cryptic like oh i think you'll be leaving now i think i i took that to mean I think it's supposed to be implied double entendre, but because Sarah implies it like, oh, I'm actually like, I'm actually leaving the loop, right? But I think Nana means it like, oh, Sarah, you don't even want to be here, right? You're just gonna peace out as soon as your obligation to this family is done, right? Like, uh, well, oh, kind of like I don't know when I'm gonna see you again. Like, oh, bless your heart. Exactly. Like, like I guess I guess you'll like, be going now, kind of thing, yeah, right? Because okay. like she knows that Sarah doesn't want to be there. That's the way I think. I think it's equally. Uh, plausible that that's what she means sure um, i didn't think of that but yeah no that's that's definitely another way it could she could have meant it yeah i don't think I, if if they really were trying to say oh it's like you know nana's in the time loop or something i was expecting more people to be in there and like i thought that would be another twist it was like you know there's actually several people or more people that are in the time loop and they're just acting like it's not or they, they're just enjoying themselves niles is the only one having trouble um but that never really happens i don't think you ever get any sort of indication like that and there's nothing like you don't see nana in the desert right off by herself you know she just says some kind of cryptic stuff but i think it's i think it can be interpreted both ways right um yeah well i mean in theory anyone who didn't enter the cave on the first loop shouldn't enter the cave unless they're heavily influenced by someone in the loop either niles roy or sarah in theory right because everyone else everyone's doing the same thing they always do unless they're pushed that's how niles knows what's going on uh, with like the dance scene, for example. So I, I, it's yeah, but the cave is open for all, like a long time, right? So it's possible other people wandered true. into it. That's true. Yeah, I've, it, I suppose it does stay open after the one day. You're right that like it would require some sort of input from Niles most of the time. Um, otherwise, you would see like a line of people lined up to the cave, but you, you don't <laughs> right. though, right? Because <laughs> Niles has never meets himself, right? Um, I mean, if we're getting into the way that this works, yeah, I because like, what if um Niles has been in there so long he actually forgot how he got into the cave and it was actually Nana? It's oh, pushed Nana him pushed him in. <laughs> You're gonna learn your lesson, honey. Yeah. <laughs> Pushes him in. Do you think nihilism is the answer? Well, check this out. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I, another kind of like in the weeds question it's, it's just like talking about time loops and the hypotheticals um sarah uses infinite time to become the world's leader in quantum physics if you were stuck in a time loop what would you become an expert in um uh, i think probably languages and or instruments um i've tr- i've tried and failed so many times to learn both uh i've been on and off with spanish for like 15 years i've tried other <laughs> languages uh i have two guitars that I barely know how to play, uh, a keyboard that I don't know how to play at all. Uh, and it ultimately comes down to there are things I want to do, but I'm like, well, I don't really have time. And you, you kind of have time for anything you make time for, but it comes down to, I don't make time for it. Um, but in a time loop, I would have all the time in the world. Uh, so I'd probably learn as many languages as I could. 
uh and it would be fun to you know i have i have friends who speak uh german and finnish and chinese and it would be fun to just like call them up and speak fluently in their language when they know I didn't speak it the day before. They'd be like, what is going on? What is this? What's happening? Um, yeah. I'm definitely envisioning this as kind of like we were talking about with the save game kind of thing earlier, where it's like you would stop, have a time loop for as long as you want and then continue onward yeah, with yeah. all the stuff that you've like gained here. Um, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Joey? What would you want to, what skill would you want to take? Uh, learn how to throw cards, call, carve uh, ice sculptures. Learn how to change a tire, catch kids from trees. Learn how to change, change a, tire. a tire. You can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm making a Groundhog Day reference. Um, uh, okay. Right, 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 right. Um, I don't know. I, I've, I feel like I've gone down this loop, this like path so many times. It's just, I think, yeah, languages and in, in music are certainly good ones. But, I mean, you could really learn anything and become an expert in or really any sort of like minute subject that you wanted to i could watch as many movies as i wanted to i guess i could do that you know <laughs> i mean yes but then what would you do when you unfreeze time <laughs> well i already don't know i already i already have no one to talk to except for you about them so <laughs> it wouldn't be that different hey, we got kenny too um i think you're i think kenny's spot on with the languages because i feel the exact same way um being r- raised in a spanglish household it really came down to whether i prioritized like practicing spanish or not and yeah unfortunately i didn't really so i think it would be great to master that but for me it's really about um because obviously my my memory is fallible so i wouldn't want to try to do something where it's like oh if i can't remember doing it then it doesn't help me anymore um i think i would want to do something that's a little bit more uh muscle memory to an extent and i think for me what is muscle memory exactly well, right. Is it's it in your is question. it in your muscles actually? Right. This is I've gotten into the weeds with this uh, about this with a friend of mine of like could you learn an instrument? Would it would your would your like muscle memory deteriorate? I don't I don't know. I don't know how Well, like what like the guitar is a great example, right? Because calluses. You have calluses. Exactly. Oh, yeah, that's terrible. Well, okay, fair enough. Like it would actually suck <laughs> to get calluses every day, but there's a certain it, I don't know. I guess the example, the classic example is riding a bike where it's like, you don't have to think about it anymore. It's just kind of in. Yeah, but where is that you. stored? Right. Is that it's in your memory? In your brain though, right? Or is it in I your, oh, is it you actually in it your muscles? apply here? Like you wouldn't be able to. Like what is muscle memory? Like muscle memory implies it's part of your body, not part of your like, part of like your knowledge, right? Like it's not sure. that you're thinking about it. Like, like you just said, it's that you like have some sort of instinct that you've developed. Like, so where does that, where is that stored? Sure, but I think we can take an example from uh, the way that Niles dances across the dance floor, that there's some sort of, like, mobility that can be learned. Right. Uh, And I guess just to complete my thought is that I think I would want to do cooking. Like, there's a lot of things where it's like, I don't know what I do in this situation. Uh, It's like, how do I, uh, I don't know, cook a pheasant, you know? Or, like, I, I don't understand the intricacies of, like, making sure this meat doesn't give me uh food poisoning and i if i could practice a whole bunch of cooking and become an expert not only would i be able to feed myself better uh i would also be able to you know drop my career and go on master chef and then become <laughs> the winner of that and just have a celebrity chef there you go perfect <laughs> the perfect solution <laughs> yeah so that was just that's, stuck in a time loop learn how to cook and then i will win the master chef competition <laughs> <laughs> I'll be the greatest chef in the world. I'll be the number one chef. Um, I'll also do it in Spanish. Uh, by uh, the the, way. Um, 
that's like that's like the new meta is like if you ever want to win a game show like that or it's like skill-based game show you have to like have a time loop accessible to you <laughs> otherwise like you're just like you're like oh you've only studied for a hundred like you've only studied your entire life i've been studying for a hundred years yeah <laughs> oh <laughs> Uh, but then there's this scandal where they reveal that like he had a time loop like he's yeah, not is that there. cheating yeah <laughs> there's like a thousand video essays about whether you cheated or not <laughs> um all right so finally just to get back to the movie itself um kind of so andy samberg admitted that multiple endings were written for this movie and even shot they held private uh, screenings for friends and family on the different versions to get opinions on which ending worked the best. And uh, Andy Samberg even said uh, it might not be perfect, but everyone liked it about the actual ending they went with. So what did you think of the end? I know we've kind of already talked about that, but can you write a better ending? Um, personally, I don't, I don't know. I, so sometimes I always feel like pretentious saying yes to that kind of thing, but sometimes I feel like I have a better idea. Uh, with this, I I don't necessarily. Um, in a broad sense, I don't mind the ending. I think it's pretty standard. Uh, Joey, I agree with what you said about it being a, a technical solution to an emotional and magical problem. Um, I hadn't really thought about that, but I don't. I don't love that. But the 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 ending of them escaping the time loop and being together is pretty obvious and standard like what you would expect um i don't i i i guess i'll take that over a a big swing and a miss um but and i've i've i personally have not come up with other endings but i've seen people talk about uh like theories that that uh like niles has done this before and that Sarah's escaped before uh, oh my God. <laughs> a and, loop and, within a loop. Right. Essentially. Um, which could have come into play if they'd done something like he intentionally brought her into the cave. It could be like, yeah, I knew how to get you into the cave. I've done it before. Uh, and I wanted you to, like, back in the loop, uh, but you left last time. Um, so I don't, I, I have like, I guess I have like some loose ideas that I think might've been interesting, but overall I'm fine with how it ended. Like I say, it's, it's pretty much what I would expect given like, Hey, it's a romantic comedy time loop. They're stuck in a time loop. Okay. They're probably going to escape together because that's right. You know what it is. Yeah. yeah. Well, I guess my, I have a question kind of about how this whole thing works because the way Sarah proved that her theory, or maybe she didn't prove it, but the way she tested her theory was by putting a goat through the cave, right? And she said it, right. she knew it worked because the gate, the goat didn't come back. The next loop, the, the goat was gone. But at the end, when Sarah and Niles go through the, the experiment, the explosion, Niles is back at the wedding when Roy comes by the next day. Right. Yeah, there's a little bit sense. of a. It doesn't well, make sense. Well, but, but so it doesn't make sense. But there is a there is a throwaway line to explain it. Niles asks her as they're going to the cave. He's like, "Oh, is it true about the goat or something?" She's like, "It's too late to turn back." So so uh, she kind okay. of does it. So there's there's mm. some level of plausible deniability of like, oh, maybe the goat didn't disappear. She just maybe. said that to, to convince him. Wait, wait, okay, so right. hold on. Maybe it's because the goat was the first one to go through the cave initially. So where she usually saw it was where it was going on its new loop path. But its original location without going in the cave is somewhere else. 
right? So now that it's back on its original timeline, right. <laughs> you know what? Which would imply <laughs> that somebody who went through the cave was responsible for putting the goat. In I am. The cave. I am Nana going to stop you here. <laughs> I don't want to know goat logistics. Okay, this is not what I wanted to talk about. <laughs> Well, you're the one who brought up, what was it, goat science? Or? <laughs> I, I just put that as a important plot point in the movie. Okay. <laughs> um, all right. So I, I, I want to talk about the ending. I feel so conflicted about the ending. I think it's, it's weird. I think it's obvious that our two protagonists need to realize that they love and need each other to escape, but that it's only really true for one of them. I mean, it's what happens in the movie, right? The two main characters learn that they need each other and love each other. But it's also pretty clear that Sarah doesn't need to learn any lesson to escape. So what, what am I supposed to take away from this? Study quantum physics and you can find technical solutions that never have, and never have to actually grow? It feels so much like that Rick and Morty episode where the devil opens up a shop of cursed items and Rick just removes the curses from them, right? He just ruins every, every whatever moral lesson was supposed to be imparted on the cursed. Nothing was sacrificed and there are no consequences for taking the quote-unquote science approach. You get everything you want and that's the end of that sentence. Niles, on the other hand, does have to learn a hard lesson. He has to actually break from his routine and say, no, this is not fine. I don't like it here, which is something he struggles with the whole movie. He has fallen so far into despair that he's accepted hell and given up the fight. But Sarah breaks him out of that mindset and shows him that the unknown isn't as scary when you have someone to share it with. So for Niles, a lesson is learned because he faced a hard dilemma and must self-reflect to understand why it's hard for him and ultimately makes a heroic choice that makes me like him and makes me feel good about the ending of the movie. But Sarah, she does learn to love again and grows to see that Niles embodies the quintessential nihilist trait of cowardice and therefore his opinions are best left ignored. But she also essentially found a magic key in the woods and saw that solves all of her problems. So that growth and character stuff is sort of incidental i mean i think that i don't disagree with what you're saying i think it's i never i never like having to explain things for the writers or draw my own like long-winded conclusions but <laughs> but let's hear it <laughs> well so you you talked before about um you talked earlier about sarah about sarah and niles like having this moment where they do where they do come together and they do get closer and the theory that I've seen online about Niles having done this over and over again, um, in that theory that I saw, uh, it was essentially once they get close and sleep together, Sarah always leaves. Sarah like ditches him, learns quantum physics, right. and leaves. And so I think that there is an argument to be made that she needs that moment. Because like she, when we have the montage scene, we see the two of them like jumping out of bed and going and having adventures. And then after after the the scene in the desert where where uh, Niles and Sarah uh, sleep together in the tent, she wakes up and is lying in bed. And that's when she's lying there long enough for Abe to come in and be like, "Hey, you need to leave." And I right, think which that's is which is um, bizarre to me. Right, I don't understand why that specific moment happens then. Right, because. The whole idea of this story is that she's dealing with that she's dealing with that situation every single day, right? Maybe she's leaving before right. Abe comes in, right? But she's still leaving his room, right? Like it's it, 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 as if she's she doesn't remember that she slept with the like the groom. Like that's that's a pretty that's a core memory, you know what I mean? Like that's not <laughs> something that she's forgetting. Um, and I think that makes it interesting. I think it makes that day harder for her to relive, for sure. But 
I don't understand why that specific thing is the thing that sends her over the edge, right? I, I, I see what you're saying, though. I see, like, she has to have that emotional connection with Niles in order for her to kind of realize that Niles is full of shit, right? I, but I don't... Uh, I disagree with the way that she comes to that conclusion. And it's weird for me because she does come to the conclusion that she needs to leave and finds the tools she needs to leave, but the tools she needs to leave are completely independent of her... Right. Um, like desire to leave right it, it's she could have stumbled across this solution any other way the way that she goes about like discovering quantum physics doesn't really seem like it's that hard for her right it's like oh she spent some time doing it that's kind of how it's portrayed it's very very quick right it wasn't like she struggled a lot or like she like had a lot of trouble like getting over some sort of hump or like spent years and years doing it she just suddenly did it it's, it yeah. really feels like, she, like, like I said, she just finds the solution laying around and is like, here we go. Uh, I, I searched for it and found it and that's it. I, I've, I've figured it out, which in that way means that she could have found it any other way, right? It, the, what, I, what I'm looking for is for her to come to the same conclusion she did when she decides to be selfless, right? She says, I'm going to be very selfless today and that's going to get me out of this loop or this, the Groundhog Day rule. I want her to come to that same conclusion like, oh, I have to make a connection with Niles despite him being a, shit, a shitty guy <laughs> who may or may not have trapped me in this time loop. Um, <laughs> if I do that, then we'll get out of there, right? That's, that is tying the central problem of the movie to the central conflict of the characters where the solution that you have here is not. It is the solution to the problem is completely independent from anything else you've seen. Do you um, feel like they're trapped kind of in a situation where they either do Groundhog Day exactly or they do something that's not Groundhog Day that's not as satisfying as Groundhog Day? I mean, th they don't have to do... It depends on what you're trying to do here, right? Like, you can either make a movie that has... That's like, this is a sci-fi movie, right? There's a sci-fi reason why we're stuck in this cave, right? Something weird's going on. You know, ex Nana's been doing ex like experiments with uh, drugs, and suddenly there's a there's a there's a wormhole like out out back, right? Something like that. And then they accidentally get caught up into it, and then they learn this lesson along the way, but ultimately find a scientific conclusion to it. It what because you never really see how Niles gets stuck in it, um, but you see how Sarah gets stuck in it. She's clearly following Niles because she feels she's following the nihilism of Niles, right? She's following Niles into this emotional state, right? And following him into the cave at the same time. It feels very much like this is an emotional problem that they have to solve. And this is just an expansion on this idea. But then for her to say, oh, I'm just going to science my way out of it, it undercuts that whole idea. Well, I don't think they necessarily have to do the same thing Groundhog Day did, but they have to match their problem with their solution. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. Okay, I, I agree with that. It, it would be interesting if the solution was instead of actually continuing on, if they got everybody to be in the loop so that nobody <laughs> yeah. was looping anymore. Well, I, I, I was thinking about that like yesterday. I was like, the, another solution is to make everyone in the world loop, but then you like, like, uh, like, or inorganic stuff doesn't loop. So it's like, right. all right, I'm writing a book. I have to do it in a day. And then also <laughs> tomorrow, it's going to be gone.
Like, well, then you would well, find you other solutions. Cli- you just solved climate change. That's true. And also, <laughs> but yeah, also you have all the people in the world. Clearly someone's going to figure out how to get out of it because one of the three people who was stuck did. So. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, I, I I agree. I agree with what you're saying, Joey. I guess just like devil's advocate, it was it was Sarah coming together and like having a close moment with Niles that was the catalyst for her going to do this. But yes. that's not that happens in the middle of the movie and it's not really what you're looking for. Like and I agree. I I think it what you're talking about would have been more satisfying. Um Yeah. But I don't I don't personally have a specific idea of how to do it i'm i i would have to write the movie i guess I'm, I'm not looking to do that right now i i think that's why it's so weird for me because sarah learns the lesson despite the solution i think right. and and niles does learn the lesson right it's like we get so close we're so we're like halfway there um I, I just disagree with the way it comes about i think that it's not it just doesn't really i don't know i forget I, maybe benjamin's right maybe they got stuck and they're like, we can't just do the same thing Groundhog Day did. We had to come up with something else. So they come up with this quantum physics thing, which like, you know, it's a satisfying montage and stuff. But it, again, like it doesn't quite fit into it. But I mean, that's the thing that makes it, I don't know, maybe I'm just being too nitpicky here because Sarah does learn the lesson, right? She does right. eventually come together with Niles. Um, but again, yeah, I've already said well, what I'm going to They even, they pretty much explicitly show Niles learning the lesson and Sarah not because he comes up to her and he's like, I need you. And she's like, I don't need you. Right. I'll go, I'll do this without you. And it's like, all right, okay. Uh, okay. Well, like, well, her arc is completed before this, right, after she right. sleeps with Niles or, or really before she sleeps with Niles and realizes that she can love again and that love isn't this thing that people make up and pretend is important, right? She realizes that there is something meaningful in life and that is love. Um, uh, yeah, and and then from that on, point onward, Niles has to reach his own conclusion. <laughs> so if I was going to end this movie, to go back to your question, I, I I'm curious to know what the original ending was, what the writers actually thought, because I feel like I feel like there is a satisfying conclusion here, right? We have a happy ending. Our two characters learn something and move on and succeed past the day. Um, but I think Kenny brings up some good alternatives too, like what if this isn't the first time this has happened, right? What if Sarah has left many times before and Niles keeps bringing her back uh, um, despite all of that, right? Um, and then this last time, he actually decides, yes, I am going to go with her this time and, uh, and actually leave. Um, I think that makes it pretty compelling, right? It adds an extra level of loop to this. This movie clearly is trying to be more than just a time loop movie, right? It's trying to say, let's build on the time loop myth and and do something a little bit different, a little bit more to add that extra loop inside the loop would have been kind of a, yeah. a cool quick twist to that. Um, but yeah, I, I honestly like the way that the characters end up. Despite my one nitpick, I feel like it ends in a way that is appropriate. Okay, Kenny. So that is the end of our prepared questions for you. Is there anything else you wanted to touch on about Palm Springs? Um, just to uh, really dive a little bit deeper into the the loose ends i've got uh one last quote here for us to listen to no but when i say that i feel sorry it's like it's the same way that i would say that i feel sorry that you know i finished one beer and now i have to open a new one you know now i'm not sorry anymore it's just a fleeting feeling right it drifts away just like uh they all do 
What do you mean? It just drifts away. Like they all do. Like what has drifted away? It's a, it's a great question, Sarah. It's great. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know the answer to this. Uh, if it weren't for... If it weren't for the the creators and Andy Samberg saying that they had tried multiple endings, this is a line I think people would point to and be like, uh, I don't think this was, this was the original ending of the film. Mm. Um, it seems like a, a line that was held over from something different they were going to try. Uh, and this is, this is something that I've seen pulled to say, this seems specifically like Niles has done this before. Because who is he talking about? You know, he could be talking about Misty, but it seems like a weirdly vague line to be about Misty and not have a follow-up. And he doesn't seem to really care about Misty, the the falling out with her. Um, And so, you know, what could he be talking about? He's either doesn't remember his life before or doesn't care about it. It would kind of have to be Sarah or someone else that he has brought into the loop. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's the best evidence that that was one of the endings and that that was maybe the one they were trying to go for. Uh, because I, I just think this creates more, more questions and they never, it never gets answered. We never know what has drifted away. Um, and I just think, I don't know it. I think that there are issues with the, with the, the theory about Sarah having come into the loop before and escaped, uh, as the movie stands, because then why is this the first time that he smells the the orchid explosion by fournier on the pillow right, right. shouldn't he have found that before <laughs> unless that was something they changed and they just left this line in um but it's also i think that could have worked so well because if he had brought her into the loop before and just kept bringing her back but then something about it changed this time and he's like oh my god this is why she always wants to leave okay i can't do this to her anymore i'll go with her i think that that would have been a little and like that is kind of that is kind of what it is anyway, but it's, it's, oh, this happened one time and I did this to her. I'm going to go with her. If I think it would have worked really well with, with the loop within a loop thing for him, for that to be the reason he says, okay, this time I'm leaving. Um, And all they would need to do is figure out why he hadn't figured this out before. And he's just figuring it out this time. Um, But so that, that line in particular is baffling to me. It doesn't make any sense given the rest of the movie. Uh, it, It just doesn't fit to me. I think it's pretty vague um, and not exactly clear. But when I read it, like when you have it read out, I think I understand what he's talking about. Because he's talking about feelings. He's saying that's what's drifting away, right? And he kind of trails off and is like, uh, you know, everything's drifted away, you know, um, you know, being a high ass. But he, uh, <laughs> <laughs> when, he when he, when she asks, I mean, she kind of asks, she kind of moves it into a different direction and says, what drifts away? But I think he says uh, in this line here that his feelings have drifted away. Like any sort of emotional attachment has drifted away. I think this is talking about all the times he slept with Sarah before. Every time he slept with her, he felt a connection with her. Like he felt like he was getting to, like he really was supposed to be with her. But she kept waking up. She kept uh, going, being reset. And so it didn't matter how many times he, uh, he was with her, um, it wouldn't matter, right? And so he kept feeling this connection. He kept being like, wow, this is important. Wow, I feel like, like I want to be with this person. And yet it never went anywhere because she's stuck in the loop and he is not. Or he's stuck in the loop and she is not. Or was not. 
that's the, my interpretation of this. That's what he's talking no, about. No, yeah, that that makes sense, and and that's I mean that's why you do this podcast, so you can say things, and I can be like, oh yeah, okay, no, I like that. Kenny, <laughs> I'm so glad you said that. That's how I feel all the time. I'm like, dang, Joey, just freaking, you know, illuminating the brightest point. <laughs> Um, and yeah, I mean, but yeah, that is why we have these conversations. I don't come in here with my opinions concrete and looking to just defend them. Right. I'm looking right, right. to, to, you know, be enlightened. <laughs> and, uh, and that's why I've got Joey here. So I'm going to take that as an opportunity to take us to the break, but don't go anywhere. Cause when we come back, we're going to be talking about our cool Easter eggs and delivering our ratings. So stick around. Hi, this is Arnold Schwarzenegger. This is DJ Jones, nose tackle for the San Francisco 49ers. This is Squilliam Fancy Son from Band Class. And you're listening to Affable Chat. My favorite podcast. Good day. I'm an Australian wildlife expert. When I'm out in the outback, I love listening to Affable Chat. It's the best podcast ever. Even the animals love it too. This is Corey Novotny. This is Donnie Dolphin. Oh, it's me, Daddy Zuko from Greek. This is Ghislaine Maxwell, and you're listening to Affable Chat. And we're back with Kenny Cashman from the C-Team show, and we're going to continue our conversation about Palm Springs with our cool Easter eggs. So what do you got, Kenny? Um, the first one I have is that Clifford Johnson, uh, the physicist that Sarah is video chatting with when she's learning how to escape the time loop is a real physicist. Uh, he was presumably playing himself, although I don't know if he was named in the film. Um, and he was the consultant for this movie about the, the science of the time loop and also the consultant for, uh, the time travel in Avengers Endgame. And from, from what I saw, the science that they used uh, in this movie was as real as it could be, uh, given that we don't have any real, actual, documented time loops in the real world. Uh, they cool. did what they could, from what I saw. Quantum physics has sort of become the like catch-all term for any sort of like yeah. time travel thing. Uh, but no, I appreciated that. I like that she drew stuff on the on the board and she did some goat science. I think those I, are I think I those think are good the, moments. <laughs> I think this the drawing on the board was the stuff that it's like okay, this theoretically is it. This is right. like how this would work. Right, right. Um, I'm a big fan of the time travel in Avengers Endgame. I think it's pretty. I think it's pretty solid compared to a lot of other movies. So, ooh, are you potentially plugging a uh, bit of Apple Chat content? <laughs> That's or? true. I did make a video about it. So, so check out our YouTube channel to see Joey break down the time travel in that movie. Shameless plug. Um, what else? You <laughs> I got, wasn't going to do it. <laughs> uh, this one is a little weird to me. Um, the whether the dinosaurs are that the, that Niles and Sarah see in the desert. Are, whether or not they're real is meant to be ambiguous, um, which is insane. I don't. The first time I watched this movie, <laughs> I was very confused because it's a time loop movie. There's weird stuff going on with time, so I was like, it, "Are there dinosaurs? They're on mushrooms, but are there are those real?" Uh, which I guess was their intention. But if you look closely at the end of the movie, which I never noticed, I only looked back and saw it after I found this out. The dinosaurs are in the in the distance after they pan up from Niles and Sarah in the pool, which apparently is supposed to signal that maybe they didn't escape the time loop, even though mm. they did because it's November 10th. So I don't. Okay, so I, I have a theory me. on this uh, because if you connect that with the fact that Roy meets the non-looped version 
of Niles, and that reveals to him that their escape plan worked. I think that breaking the time loop doesn't actually break the time loop. It, it Well, they're not even doing that, right? They're escaping the time loop and ending on some other parallel timeline. And I think mm. because of that, their things are different. And on okay. this timeline where they landed, dinosaurs also dinosaurs are real. And, it's, and I don't even know if that means that... Um, dinosaurs just never went extinct and they're living right. in a modern day i don't think that's the way because why would that house be there you know things i think things would be drastically different right, i think yeah. that the time loop different. itself yeah is a nexus point and things beyond that on whatever timeline they land on are different in in certain ways um and i think that's kind of what they're saying is it's just like they're shot off into this new future that isn't actually the same future that they would have gone to had they never entered the time loop that's what i got with the dinosaurs All right. That's a cool little detail, though. Which, I'm, I'm which also means Roy won't be joining them. Because he's not a dinosaur? Because, yeah. <laughs> well, that's number one. But, um, also, because when he escapes, he'll go to his own parallel timeline where ah. there's some other thing that's real. Uh, maybe he'll go to the same timeline as them. Maybe not. Maybe he'll go to the one where the goat is. It's, uh, you know, I, I think that's what I got out of that. Well, all, all I can say is wherever the goat is must be the greatest timeline <laughs> of all time. <laughs> Yeah. it's the goat timeline <laughs> it's like goat timeline. <laughs> um okay greatest of all timelines um I, my here's my um my easter eggs uh so this actually this movie actually holds the record for the biggest sale of a film at the sundance film festival at 17.5 million dollars and 69 cents and it beat the previous record by 69 cents um this was on purpose obviously it's a pretty <laughs> pretty um wacky number it wasn't like they said oh we'll get you like that's extra 69 cents is gonna matter they uh <laughs> they were offering um the same amount of money a ridiculous amount of money the same amount of money that the the current record holder had had so they said why don't they just why don't we just get them get them to give us one extra dollar and we'll say we broke the record um and they said no 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 not an extra dollar 69 cents <laughs> they said perfect <laughs> and there you and go is, uh, yeah i mean uh, this is a lonely island film this is the same right, guys right. who did i just had sex um i'm on a boat like a boss so it's very much on brand for them yeah, to go with ground. something <laughs> yeah do it on the ground yeah all these things um also uh, niles is drinking uh um acupura how do you say this acupura that sounds yeah, right. Acupara. Acupara something. Yeah, something Acupara. Like Niles is drinking Acupara beer. In Sanskrit, Acupara means uh, unlimited or unbounded. And in Hinduism, it's the name of a tortoise described as one who is without death, which is actually the, the world tor- turtle. Um, in Hinduism, like ancient Hinduism, it's like uh, the world is like a dome that's on the back of four elephants that's on the back of a turtle that's like floating through space. Um, which is also the same image in that's used in uh, Discworld as well, Terry Pratchett's famous sci-fi series or fantasy series. Um, uh, anyway, th- this is like a big turtle thing. Um, if you look closely at the label, this is from director uh, the director Max uh, Barbaco. Um, if you look closely at the label, there is a graphic that kind of explains the mythology of the world and the earthquake. Um, and he says that you, he recommends you Google it and take you, take you down a nice little wormhole that explains some of the metaphysics behind the movie. Um, and he credits production designer um, Jason Kisavakti uh, with creating the look of the beer, um, which I did this. So I Googled uh, this beer and tried to find something about what he was talking about. And I couldn't really find anything specifically. If you look at the beer, 
a, like, like he's like, oh, this will send you to this little wormhole. It's like, I, I, all I could find was just like references to this exact quote. So this was a little annoying. But <laughs> if you look at the beer, they actually sent uh, four packs of the beer to um, Oscar voters uh, as like promotion for the film. Um, so it's not actually available. It's a, it's a fake beer that they made for the movie. The label has a picture of a dinosaur on the back of a turtle. And it has like a little bit of like wheat and maybe like a marijuana leaf or like a little bud or something that's sticking out of the, uh, of the other side. And it has something written on it. Um, it doesn't say anything really specific. Something like um, this, like enjoy this beer. Uh, it's brewed locally or something like that. Nothing very uh, um, like like vague or mythology wise. So not really sure what he's talking about. I think he just uh, he says, oh, like it's got all this hidden meaning to it, but uh, there's nothing online about what any of that meaning is. I've looked at the label. It's not anything other than what we've already discussed here with dinosaurs and turtles and stuff. So, Wow, kind of an anti-Easter egg. <laughs> anyway, it's kind of cool <laughs> that they made their own beer for it though, you know? Very yeah. booty sweat-esque. Yes, very. <laughs> I mean, any reference to booty sweat is a good one in my book. Um, okay, I only have one Easter egg, and it's more of just a statistic about the film itself, but Palm Springs broke the record for most viewed Hulu release in its first weekend on the streaming service, which was March 4th, 2021. And I like to think that it probably had something to do with the state of the pandemic at that mm. point. Yes. And, uh, you know, a lot of people inside and the this movie resonating with the current times so i think that all probably tied in there yeah and, kenny uh, really hit the nail on the head there i mean it's yeah. it's a the perfect movie for this this time period okay well that is the end of our cool easter eggs and as we do at the end of every episode of apple chat we will now deliver our ratings and we'll start with our guest kenny what rating do you want to give to palm springs I give Palm Springs an infinite time loop that I never make any attempt to escape. Would you watch Palm Springs every single day? Uh, I'd watch it a lot. Watch it a lot. <laughs> um, cool. Well, wh- what about you, Joey? What rating do you want to give this movie? I give this movie a pizza-shaped float that's on the surface of a pool. Very nice. Um, that is kind of similar to mine because my rating is uh, a cool bird's eye shot of an attractive young couple floating in a pool. There you go. That I very nearly went pizza float in a pool, so I'm I'm glad that I was a little different. <laughs> the I, I thought it was, was something kind of obscure too. I guess I'll pick the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I, and again, like that was something I love when a movie can give you something visual that is instantly recognizable. And if you look at the promotional material for this film a lot of it is those two floating in the water yeah and that bird's eye view so i i, I really liked that and um that is going to bring us to the end of this episode um i want to thank kenny for joining us on apple chat we love to have guests kenny where can people find you yeah thank you for having me it was a it was a great time and you can hear me on my own podcast the c team which is released every wednesday and I also play games on Twitch at twitch.tv slash GroboStreams. Uh, and that's every Tuesday and Thursday at 7 p.m. and every Friday at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Hey. Hey, yeah, I love Twitch. <laughs> I, love, <laughs> cool. I, I mean, I've, I'm in Kenny's uh, chat uh, on occasion, and it's a good time over there. So check out Kenny and check out the C-Team podcast. Um, but that is going to bring us to the end of this episode. Joey, what's next on Affable Chat? Next, we are doing, or you are doing, 10 Things I Hate About You. That's right. I'm doing 10 Things I Hate About You with a guest. 
So if uh, you want to hear that episode when it comes out, you can subscribe to us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like this podcast, then tell your friends about it. All you have to say is, have you considered listening to Affable Chat? You can reach us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at Affable Chat, or send us an email, affablechat at gmail.com. We also have a YouTube channel. It's called Affable Chat. Yeah, look up the video Joey does about the uh, time travel in Avengers. Avengers Endgame, yeah. And Apple Chat is live on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern Time on Twitch. That's twitch.tv slash Chat. That's going to do it for this episode. For Apple Chat, I'm Benjamin. And I'm Joey. Thanks for listening.